Hey, Brenna. Hi, Maureen. Uh, you had a beautiful little girl in your lap and then she left. Yeah, uh, she's going to go eat. Good for her. Yeah. Quick update. There's no update because we're recording this right after we recorded the last episode. So, yep. So I'm I'm sure the cat probably has a name by now. By the time you're listening, yeah. I hope I hope she has a name by the time we have the episode out. To be honest, so it'll be a surprise to past us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll 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 post it somewhere. Maybe I'll put a little edit on the episode description. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I I don't know if I said this in the last episode, but I am recording now in the toilet place. Um, <laughs> which, not my bathroom, but her bathroom, because my closet, uh, which I use because it's good sound dampening, um, it was kind of like the only place, like, because we're keeping her isolated in my room, obviously, until one, she gets checked out by a vet and they want to yeah. slowly introduce her to KK. Um, and I was like, well... If I set up a kitty litter in here, I usually keep this door shut and, like, don't even let KK in here that regular. So she'll be like, oh, cool. All right. I guess I'm going to go go to the other place. You know, we'll eventually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Move it back where it is. Because this one usually we have in the the kitchen in, like, a corner. Oh. Well, I have always been in the potty place recording and working eight hours a day plus extra work in here as well that's an office um, what huh oh there's kitty litter yeah yeah no i got the oh my goodness did i did i talk about my kitty litter troubles on this podcast i don't think so my goodness so i get my cat litter from costco because it was like 13 bucks for like you know 42 pounds what did they do kind of annoying packaging but I don't want to stray too far from last time I tried to change the type of litter Amira had. She peed on my clothes in protest. Yeah. So we don't want a repeat of that. Mm -hmm. So I try to, you know, stick to something. And I'm like, oh, well, I've seen it at Albertsons before. Like, I'll go, I'll go to, I'll go to the Safeway and, uh, you know, get me, get me some, some fresh scoop. Mm -hmm. I think is what it is. But they didn't have that there. And... My wonderful, beautiful girlfriend is like, well, my mom uses that one and points to like the, I guess I shouldn't name a brand because I went and poured this and th it smelled so bad. What? Like, congratulations. You made litter that smells worse than cat pee. I, it just gave me a headache. Is it like, like ammonia-y? Because that's not good. I'm not sure. Just, just something about it. It, it gave me this awful headache. Usually, because oh. usually I don't really smell anything unless she's laid a fresh one. Then, yeah, uh, then it can get deadly. She did do that to me yesterday, right after I changed it. <laughs> yeah, because I, I mean, usually we go for unscented stuff too, or at least like, you know, I know a lot of people use like natural stuff because, like, you know, the cat will. It's not good to have like a lot of perfumes and dyes on like something that cats yeah. poop in. Yeah, this was, well, this was like a multi-cat formula type. I don't know. It was just, oh, like, it was it'll bad. It'll smell so like bad it. that you won't be able to smell. <laughs> right? That was the worst. And of course, I have to work in there for eight hours. Oh. I'm just like, no. Oh. But um, it's okay. The next time, last time I went to Costco, they did have it. But now it's $16. 
No. It went up three bucks. Like, you come must be on. Using eggs or something. Huh? I, I know that inflation is affects everything, but I was like, they must be using eggs or something. <laughs> uh, corporate greed. Thanks. Thanks for my more expensive cat litter. Anyways, I, I but I did go and I'm like, I'm getting three of these. Half of my Costco. I just, yeah, just $50 worth. Because I did, I did actually end up buying some online from online Costco. Mm-hmm. And, like, having it shipped to my door, which was wild. And it came in, like, boxes, hmm. which was kind of better because I don't like how many, like, bags and plastic they have with this. But also there was just, like, cat litter everywhere. Like, it mm. leaked. Oh, no. So, not not my favorite thing. And it was much more expensive to get it online. So, mm. which I guess fair. I am making a person carry 42 pounds of poop sand. <laughs> To my door. I would charge for that too. Yeah, yeah. So like, I didn't mean, I didn't wanna. Anyways. <sighs> Cat poo problems. Yeah, this one laid a stinker, but in the right place. And she actually covers her stuff. She's good at that. She's a clean lady. Nice. Yeah. Oh, Amira, she does, but sometimes, I don't, she likes to like paw at the sides. She's like oh. <laughs> she's like doing spring cleaning on the sides of her litter cave. Uh, KK does that too, but um, she has a very fun technique when she goes um, that I notice. She puts one le- leg up on the side of the litter box because oh. uh, the one that we have here it's not enclosed because we when we were having problems with Hop, it was like, well, maybe maybe we need him to not be enclosed. Maybe that's freaking him out. Yeah. So we took the covers off and. So she just, like, when she first went, because I showed her the litter box right away, she just propped one leg up and squatted. Brace yourself. Wow. Okay. (laughs) Um, I didn't see if she did that when she pooped, but. Yeah, let me, let me know, because, you know, like, I have a dog that'll, like, literally just poop on a tree or, like, a brick wall or just, like, directly into a bush. So. in one time he did a hole-in-one situation. Oh my gosh, he did do that. It. Yeah, he's um he's a very talented pooper. Um he's so weird. So I I want to know if I'm not alone with all with my weird pooping dog. Anyways, what have you read? Yeah, so I'm still on my uh I've, I've quite a bit of Junji Ito to read through as I mentioned last time. So one I just started is another story collection and this is Junji Ito's uh Deserter. Um so I think these are, I'm kind of starting with the ones that are, like, a bit older. So all of these were, like, published, like, you know, a lot of times they publish, uh, like, chapters of a manga in, like, yeah. you know, big, uh, I don't remember what they're called exactly. An but, omnibus? Know, well, in Japan, like, like, Shonen Jump, they'll, they'll be, like, monthly publications. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you meant putting them all together. Yeah, I mean, that, they do that, but... Yes. In, uh, like, Japan, I mean, yeah, the way we do that, that, like, too. you know, more like, you know, shonen and shoujo man- manga is how they're published out. So I'm imagining, I don't know a lot of times where these were originally published, but these are some, uh, uh, I, I think they're older stories. At least it, it, this this collection was published in 2011, um, and I don't, I, they, just looking at the artwork, it seems some, like, a bit of his older work, because if you read through, like, the Tomy volume, you can see how his art develops over time. Um, 
since like mm-hmm. he, he's been working since the eighties. Um, but uh, this one I can say it actually has the uh, age range on the back. This is teen, older teen, T plus. So and I would oh that's also I would follow that because you know as I mentioned last time there's um you know body horror and uh, uh, yeah nudity and I haven't gotten too far in this one. Um, just the first one was a lot <laughs> already, uh, but the <laughs> stories in this collection are Biohouse, uh, Face Thief, Where the Sandman nice. Lives, The Devil's Logic, Long Hair in the Attic. I'm not excited for that one because just something about Jinjito and his hair stories really get me. Mm. No, thank you. Uh, the Reanimator Sword, A Father's Love, Unendurable Labyrinth, which I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'm so scared. Uh, Village of the Siren, Bullied, and Deserter. So, it's... I'm nervous. (laughs) Uh, I I just like, like, reading these, uh, I've been reading them a lot at night and just being, like, freaking myself out for no good reason. (laughs) Um. Yeah, you know, the book I'm just about to talk about, um, I've been doing that too. Like, I... I have not been sleeping very well. Um, not that I've ever slept well, but um, like I'm just like waking up at like two or three a.m. and then I cannot fall back asleep. Mm-hmm. And so I've been reading, and um, because usually I do a lot of audiobooks since I I listen I can listen while I work and I don't have any other time to read besides right. that. Um, but this one didn't have one, and I wanted one. Or I wanted to read it. It doesn't have an audiobook. It's The Ritual by Adam Neville. And I watched the movie on Netflix. Oh, I was going to say, is this what the yeah. movie's based on? Because I've seen that movie too. Yeah. And that movie's sick. It's so cool. One of the coolest creature features ever. Like, it seems like with some of these, like, creature movies, like, you never quite really see the creature, you know? It's like, mm-hmm. ooh, it's kind of in shadow. You don't know what it is. But this one, what you do see is... So good. You see it all, and it's amazing. And I've looked up, like, the models online, and I'm like, oh. And, and, they, and they do it the right way when you first don't see it all, because you're like, wait a minute. You yes. don't even realize what you're looking at. Exactly. But um, but you you eventually, but the payoff is there. The payoff. Yeah. Of, and oh, I will also dang. say, man, that movie, speaking of body horror, oh. Yeah, that was, oh, that, I mean, that's the movie that really got me on my, like, spooky, like, spooky woods kick. Yeah. So I, I really wanted to read this book. I am only 19% through and it's due in seven days. Um, I think I'm gonna have to, I need to get a Kindle. I need to get a used Kindle. Because I'm not yeah. giving Amazon that much money. But I need a used Kindle. And. Hmm? I was thinking. There's also, I- like. There are other things, but I don't know how well Libby talks to them. Yeah. Because I know for, I can send something directly to a Kindle from my Libby. And then what you do is, I learned this from the Reading Glasses podcast, is you turn it on airplane mode. And when the book gets returned to the library, your device doesn't know. Yeah, Just because we would it, never I, encourage anyone to do something like that would we i mean it's it still gets returned you know you still checked it out and returned it so it's not it's not like it's not like it keeps it forever and nobody else can read it yeah um but it's just for for me who you know takes so long 
like to read these books. I just need I just need a little longer. Yeah. But then I also started The Dawn Hounds by Sasha Stronach. And this is like some Well, it's New Zealand based, which you know I love mm-hmm. anything that comes out of New Zealand, apparently. <laughs> um it's just a theme. Um but it's like this like wild world. I kind of like just started it. But basically, they live in mushrooms. Like, everything is fungus. And, like, their houses are made of fungus. It's an interesting time for you to read this, especially with The Last of Us popping off. Oh my gosh, The Last of Us is so good. We actually just rewatched the last episode because it was so good. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, yeah, I'm in a fungus mood. I'm in a zombie mood. Got my girlfriend watching The Walking Dead with me. Just uh, yeah. Just Anyways, a spooky, scary, moldy mood. Just a moldy mood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in a real, I'm in a real moldy mood. Just generally, always. Are you ready? Yep. Because I'm Amber Hart, and I'm Tangletown, and this is Warrior Cats. What is that? <laughs> so we were able to peer pressure the mom enough to come back yeah yeah i feel i know they're the only two who actually wanted her to come back i mean at least for some reason i mean that we like know of i mean maybe she has some other friends like i mean maybe fern cloud if she was up for it would have gone um i don't know are they even friends i don't know um but or sorrel tail maybe i don't know yeah um but it kind of sounds like kind of the two worst guys i mean for now in my opinion like kind of the uh, the most manipulative dudes and thunder clan just went yeah. the, the two mansplaining um, I, I don't think cloud tail's manipulative necessarily uh, no a cloud tail is i i think i mean I'm not. I don't understand Cloudtail's motives. I should say. Let's. Uh, let me maybe reveal some. So Cloudtail says that's great. These three are just what ThunderClan needs. They'll make fine warriors one day. And Brambleclaw sees a flash of pain in Daisy's eyes, because Cloudtail seems much more pleased that the kits were coming back than that their mother was coming with them. Girl, don't do this. I mean, I don't know what, I mean, this whole thing with your brother, I mean, I mean, not your brother, with your sister, with your boyfriend and maybe your sister, like that kind of sucks, I think, I if I'm understanding it correctly. Um, it seems like he didn't choose either of you, but he did choose both of you. So I'm guessing that yeah, would be kind of, yeah, I don't fully understand. But also, I don't think if you're like, not happy there. I understand you want to take care of your kids, but also don't, like, he is, Cloudtail's, like, not worth pining after, trust me. No, and, you know, I mean, she'll get over it. Brambleclaw tells Daisy that Ferncloud and Sorreltail will be really glad to see her. They were hey. terribly upset when they found she was gone. 
Daisy blinks at him. They're good friends. Barry Kid asks, when can they go? Now? Cloudtail says, no, it's too dark. They'll go in the morning. And Smokey says they're welcome to spend the night and offers them some food. What a cool guy, I think. I don't know, we just met him, kind of. Cloudtail thanks him and dives into the kitty pet bowl. Cloudtail's like, yeah, this stuff's my jam. <laughs> Mana from heaven, haven't had this since I was kidnapped. I mean... Well, Brambleclaw thanks Smokey, but he'll catch his own. And the kits want to watch him do it. They're like, ah, let's see it. So Brambleclaw cannot miss this mouse. I can't look uncool in front of these kids. No. But he catches it. And Barry Kit mimics his movements pretty good. He'll be a great hunter, Brambleclaw thinks. Brambleclaw gives the mouse to the kits to share. He'll catch another. And he tries to settle into the hay, but it pokes him and the stone floor is cold. He misses the warrior's den. It's air worn by the breath of his clanmates. Mostly, he misses squirrel flight. Her sweet scent and the soft touch of her fur. It took him a while to fall asleep. But this far from his clan, no dreams disturbed him. So that's all we gotta do to get away from daddy. I just leave. <laughs> I actually have to go sleep in the barn every night. Yeah. It's, Later. It's like this weird thing. My dad just won't stop telling me to take over the world if I don't. Just kidding. He is doing this willingly. Yeah. Leafpool is trying to figure out how to speak to Willowpaw about Star Clan. Hey, kid, she sleeps. do you believe in God? <laughs> Here, take my chick tracks. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Good poll. I have these comics about why Jesus is great for you. Leafpool sleeps, waking to find herself by the lake. Feathertail is waiting for her. Oh, whoosh. Yeah, I like this better. She welcomes Leafpool with a purr. She hoped she'd come. They have a task tonight. We do? Star Clan wants Feathertail to help Leafpool visit Willowpaw in her dreams. Oh, whoa! That's crazy. That's like literally what I've been trying to do. I mean, Leafpool not like the dream part, but... <laughs> yeah, Leafpool is... Leafpool is astonished. Medicine Cats had their own dreams. They never appeared in each other's. Feathertail says it can be done, very rarely and only in times of greatest need. And also, Feathertail's not the last medicine cat, what? Why's Feathertail here? No. I don't know. I mean, she has River Clan, so. Yeah. Well, she brushes her muzzle against leaf pools and bounds away. They run to River Clan, light as air. Willowpaw is sleeping outside Mothwing's den, and Feathertail whispers into her ear that they need to speak to her. Willowpaw just curls up tighter, and Feathertail prods her. Do you mind? Willowpaw asked crossly. <laughs> she's like, excuse me? But then she realizes that she's still dreaming, and slaps a tail over her mouth and apologizes for snapping at them. Oh, that's so Oh my funny. gosh, this is her first dream from Star Clan, and she's already, like... 
Ugh, done with it. Feathertail tells her not to worry. Soon she'll get used to visits in her dreams. Willowpaw rises and welcomes them to RiverClan. And she says Feathertail smells of RiverClan, but she doesn't recognize her. And Feathertail, like, explains who she is, and it's like, wow! We'll never forget you! How did you get all the way back here if you died there? That's a long story, kid. Well, tonight, they are here to show Willowpaw something. And we both did. Me? Crowfeather. This is the man we gave up a lot of things for. (laughs) Are they sure? Should she fetch Mothwing? Leafpool and Feathertail exchange a glance. No. Feathertail assures her that this sign is for her. She can tell Mothwing when she wakes up. They, they lead Willowpaw. Because I think she'll know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, tell Mothwing this. And then Leafpool just whispers, tell her that her brother's a little punk. And I'm gonna beat him. They lead Willowpaw to the edge of RiverClan territory, where Mudfur told Leafpool the catmint would be. They follow the... Th- uh, Mudfur probably didn't want to speak with Leafpool. Oh! <laughs> yeah. I mean, is he really gonna hold a grudge for something right. that she really had no control over? Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't we just think assuming it's fair. that he didn't want to talk to her, or... I'm just assuming, yeah. Maybe, maybe, or at least she would have felt really guilty and awkward, so Feathertail was like, ah, don't worry, I got this. They follow the Thunderpath until they find the two-leg nest. Leafpool leads Willowpaw up onto the fence, and Willowpaw picks up the scent of catmint. Leafpool tells her it's a very useful herb for medicine cats. Willowpaw nods. It cures green cough. She wishes they had it when Heavystep was ill. Leafpool swallows her guilt. And says um, for her to have Mothwing come here tomorrow to gather some. But wait until dark so there are less two legs. They make their way back to the River Clan camp and Feathertail tells Willowpaw to sleep deeply. Willowpaw is so glad they came. She can't wait to tell Mothwing. <laughs> She's like, Mothwing, Mothwing, I dreamed about Leafpool. And Mothwing's like, oh, me too, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and this other lady, she's like, I don't have that one. Leafpool and Feathertail leave her curled up and head back to ThunderClan. They walk slower. Feathertail thanks her. She did well tonight. And she says she spoke with Spotted Leaf, and she told her about the butterfly wing sign. Leafpool understands, doesn't she? She knows what it means for Mothwing? Leafpool confesses that she does. She guesses that Hawkfrost placed the Mothwing outside Mudfur's den. How will she face Mothwing now? What can she say to her? Say nothing, Feathertail says. Oh. Mothwing must learn to live with this. You know what? Some solid advice for once. Leafpool asks if that means Mothwing can't be a medicine cat anymore. She cares so much. I know, Feathertail interrupts. The whole of Star Clan knows. Mothwing has proven her skills and loyalty many times over. And it is StarClan's will for her to remain as a medicine cat and to teach Willowpaw all she knows. Whoa! Can we tell her that? Right? 
Well, Leafpool asks how Willowpaw can learn about Star Clan without Mothwing to teach her. Feathertail says that that will be Leafpool's task. What? She doesn't have an apprentice, and she has no need for one. Leafpool will be serving her clan for many seasons more. Oh, sick, I'm not gonna die or young. She asks if Leafpool would sometimes visit RiverClan to speak to Willowpaw and to talk to her at the Moonpool. Leafpool can teach her everything she needs to know without having to walk in her dreams again. Yes, of course, Leafpool says, trembling with relief. Won't other people notice that? I mean, they could just say they're conferring, you know, swapping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no one really actually knows what these guys do. Yeah. Well, StarClan wants Mothwing to stay RiverClan's medicine cat. She's safe from her brother's threats. Mothwing can pass on her healing skills to Willowpaw, and Leafpool will teach her how to interpret signs from StarClan. Leafpool asks, what about Hawkfrost? Feathertail says that his fate is also in the paws of StarClan. Spotted Leaf sent her the sign because she believed Leafpool would use the knowledge wisely and accept the responsibility of helping Willowpaw. And Leafpool promises that she'll try. Feathertail leads her to the entrance of the ThunderClan camp. She touches noses with Leafpool. Dear friend, she says, there are great changes ahead, but Leafpool can trust her to be with her always. Great changes? Leafpool asks. What does she mean? But Feathertail was gone. What? Leafpool looks to the stars from from, uh, Spotted Leaf. (sighs) Leafpool looks to the stars for an answer, but no words come to her. But she sees those three stars shining more brightly than the rest, and she knows they're shining down on her, and she felt safe again. Whatever happened, Star Clan was watching over her. Yay. Would you like to hit me with a cat fact? All right. So, folks, uh, we are going to wrap up at least our uh, 2023 season of uh, Black History Month themed cat facts. Um, by talking about a black man who not only made a difference for black people across the U.S., but also no doubt helped save hundreds, if not thousands, of pets and animals along the way. Oh. That is, and that man is, Dr. Frederick Douglass Patterson, also known as Dr. Frederick D. Patterson. Born in 1901 in Washington, D.C., uh, he was named after the legendary abolitionist and journalist uh, Frederick Douglass. Um, sadly, Patterson was only two years old when he was orphaned, as both of his parents oh. passed away due to tuberculosis. He was moved around from family member to family member. Eventually, uh, Patterson's primary caretaker became his older sister, uh, Bessie, who he went to live with in Texas. Uh, Bessie... Uh, used $8 out of her $20 monthly salary to send Patterson to a good school. Um, So that, like, basically half of her income. Um, Yeah. That sacrifice ended up paying off as Patterson flourished in education. Um, 
He first started in agriculture uh, when going to college in Texas, um, which ended up getting him interested in veterinary science. He decided to follow the path laid out by Dr. Edward B. Evans, uh, the first licensed African-American veterinarian in Texas, and to go to Iowa State. Um, This was not an easy path, as he was the only Black person working at the Iowa State College Veterinary Clinic, and he had little to no finances to fall back on, even, like, with, like, what his sister could provide. Um, So he worked two jobs along with studying, um, you know, throughout his time. Uh, Still, uh, by the time Patterson was 31 years old, he had three, count them, three degrees. um, Wait, how old? 31. Dang. Yeah. Um, So... Basically, under two decades. Um, So, by the time... No, like, pretty much a decade he did that. Um, Yeah. He got a doctorate degree of veterinary medicine and a master of science degree from Iowa State. And he also got a doctorate of philosophy and veterinary pathology from Cornell. Oh. Yeah. Um... He first started, uh, after his studies uh, were done, he first started teaching veterinary science in Virginia before moving and starting his 25-year career at Tuskegee. Hang on. (laughs) You got this. I believe in you. Tuskegee. Sorry, I'm I'm not from Alabama, and it it just... I even looked up how to say it. It still just gets me. Uh. Uh, in Tuskegee University in Alabama, um, becoming the third president of the establishment at only 33 years old. Um, He transformed this historically black college university to its fullest potential, uh, founding multiple graduate programs, including the School of Veterinary Medicine, which graduated approximately 75% of the nation's black veterinarians. So, probably without this guy... That would mean a lot of black folks, because of segregation, wouldn't have access to veterinarians. Yeah, and less veterinarians means less More people sick animals. able to take care of our kitties. Yeah. So, well, it's not like 100% like a cat fact. Without this guy, probably would have had a lot more sick cats out there. Um, yeah, I mean, he's a vet. Yeah. that's He's a vet who made many, many more vets. So, yeah. and apparently the program that he founded was so good that um, white students wanted to go there, which was pretty unheard of for in this like very heavily segregated time um, for, you yeah. know, white students to even consider going to a historically black, co- black college. But like the program was like so good that they were like, we have to. Um, and uh, he also found the UNCF, um, which is a fund that provides a uh, 10,000 scholarships to black students and every year uh, uh, it it provides scholarships to black students every year and uh, since its founding in 1944 it has raised over 3.6 billion dollars towards that goal. Wow. Yeah. Um, His accomplishments were recognized in his lifetime. Uh, Thankfully he he got like many awards and accolades um, and, and I'm just going to list like a couple of them because it would be um, a while if I were to list them all. But he received the Presidential Medal of Freedom in 1987. 
and the Spingarn Medal from the Endel ACP in 1988, uh, recognizing a great accomplishment done by an African-American person. Uh, and the Iowa State University, um, they uh, their College of Veterinary Medicine made uh, two scholarships in his honor, you know, for That's nice. basically changing the world for black students in veterinary science. Um, th- there are like more accomplishments and there's other stuff he was doing even like after he uh, like, like left the school and just so many other things he did. Um, but it, I do not have time to go over like literally everyone. Cause it, it would be, we would hear like this guy crazily accomplished. And especially from where he started out. Um, I, I honestly props to Bessie. Cause I feel like uh, without her, I can't imagine he would have been able to access all the success and, but he did work hard to get there as well. Um, well so yeah. I'm sure her, her support really helped um, throughout his lifetime. And uh, do check out the sources I will have linked because it can tell you in more detail um, about his lifetime. Um, he passed away in 1988 um, and he is buried on the campus of Tuskegee uh, University. So Oh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that is um, uh, Frederick E. Patterson, um, a fantastic uh, a black doctor um, and black veterinarian who, you know, not only, uh, you know, helped a bunch of black people, but also helped probably many, many animals through his actions and helped make sure veterinary care was accessible to uh, black folks when, you know probably was not going to be yeah thank you for saving so many kitties yeah and and probably cows and doggies and everything else <laughs> yeah everything well gosh what would we do without veterinarians cry yeah probably a lot ready yeah well, well, well we can talk weeks. about what we will do without veterinarians because we're about to go see what medicine cats are up to <laughs> Without veterinarians and magic, I guess we should say. Yes. Leafpool wakes to tiny paws pummeling her fur. We're back, Barry can <laughs> announces. Why did they go to Leafpool like, first? Leaf Why did they go to Leafpool huh? first? I don't know. That's so funny Maybe. that they're like, we gotta go tell the doctor lady. We like her. Yeah, she helped me keep the rest of my tail. Well, yeah, I guess Barry Kid had spent quite a bit of time with her right before they left. Yeah. Leafpool had overslept. She tells him she's glad to see him. Is his mother okay? Barry Kid tells her that Daisy is fine. Please Hazel tell me Kit you guys were kidnapped by those two idiots. Well, Hazelkit, Mousekit, and him looked after her the whole way back, so she wasn't scared. Precious. Kids. Leafpool's going to bring her some herbs to help her strength. She must be tired. Hey, here's Daisy a is disappearing. Mama. Sorry about this. <laughs> Daisy is disappearing into the nursery with her three kits following her. No, Cinderkit, come back here. Cinderkit tottered out into the open, blinking big blue eyes into the sun. Oh, hi! Brightheart swoops after her to carry her back to the nursery. <laughs> Got him. Package acquired. Leafpool thinks it's bad luck that Brightheart chose to visit Sorrel Tail just as Daisy returned. Yeah. 
with her husband, no less. Leafpool hovered. Maybe she should come back later. No, but I she see hears the show. Daisy's. <laughs> but then, how would you eavesdrop? Yeah, you're my POV character. Get in there. This is this is this is all you do. But she hears Daisy's voice through the brambles. She's glad Brightheart is here. There's something Daisy wants to say to her. Oh. She tells Brightheart that the reason she left, well, the danger of th- the danger of the forest was only part of the reason. But mostly it was because there's no cat in the clan she's close to. Not like Brightheart and Cloudtail are. Uh, I was really hoping that she was secretly in love with Brightheart this whole time. I know we've already like disproven that last episode, but it'd be like so fun and I know they won't get that to It me. would be fun. Just leave the terrible man and date each other. Always. Not that he's been, like, totally... I mean, he just, like, hasn't been good communicating. Yeah. And made his wife feel really, really bad, which isn't good, even if it was unintended. There's tense silence, and Leafpool starts to back away. Oh, God, she's going to kill her! Brightheart's response is low, and Leafpool can't hear it. No, Daisy says clearly. Cloudtail is very kind to her, but he'd be kind to any cat in trouble. He's a good warrior, and he loves Brightheart very much. I'm, we're watching Brightheart The Real Housewives says, again somehow. I thought we were doing the cat book again. What happened? <laughs> Brightheart says softly that she knows. Her voice shakes. Thanks, Daisy. And adds that she really is glad that they decided to come back. Brightheart leaves the nursery. And Leafpool tries to look like she just got there. Hi, guys! I just arrived with some berries! Yeah! Here's some kitty Xanax, I think. Wait, wait, would you want some? (laughs) There's a joyful look in Brightheart's eye. This lady's, she's gonna stay away from my man! This lady's staying away from yeah. my man! Leafpool hopes that she and Cloudtail would become as close as they had been before, and that Daisy could turn into a friend for them both. After Leafpool delivers the juniper to Daisy, she sees Brightheart in the clearing eating. Cloudtail is also in the clearing, calling for Thornclaw and Rainwhisker to come hunting. Leafpool beckons him over. See, uh, she suggests that he ask Brightheart to go with him. They haven't hunted together in a long time. Cloudtail looks puzzled. He remembers Brightheart, right? His, his mate? Whitepaw's mother? Oh. Cloudtail sees what she means. He'll do that. He tells Leafpool, <gasps> that's a good idea. Dumb. He's just dumb. Yeah, he, like, your honor, he is actually just dumb. It's, it does not, I think he just really likes kids. For him being so stupid. But a little more, Um, like, himbo, like, sexy energy, not Homer Simpson energy, you know? Yeah, it's. I mean, he's gotta make up for it, that's for sure. But. 
Leafpool watches Cloudtail talk to Brightheart. Their tails twine together, pelts brushing. They head out of camp. Thornclaw and Rainwhisker were left to dash after them. <laughs> What's happening here? We gotta go. They're, they're too busy. Having uh, emotional conversations, I guess. I think someone interfered, said a voice behind her. It's Squirrelflight. She scared Leafpool out of her fur. And Squirrelflight <laughs> clarifies that... Squirrelflight's like, in a good way. You interfered in a good way. No, no, no. It's I, about time. I, I support this. It's about time someone opened Cloudtail's eyes to what Brightheart needs from him. Squirrelflight looks around camp. Cats dozing in the sun. Others putting finishing touches on den repairs. Life's good, Squirrelflight says. Uh-oh. Maybe Uh-oh, now they can that. have a bit of peace. And it does look good. It seems like ThunderClan's troubles could be over. Leafpool opens her mouth to agree when a strange darkness clouded her sight. The reek of blood rises around yeah, her. Yeah, see, we shouldn't have even, like, tried, because it, it, like, this is what happened. She feels sticky waves wash over her paws. An unfamiliar voice rasped the words in her ear. Low, sinister, and insistent. Before all is peaceful, blood will spill blood, and the lake will run red. Hey, sis, sorry about this. And she just punches uh, Squirrel Flight right in the face and is like, can we be done now? Is that good enough? Like, she has a bloody nose. Can this be done? And she's like, why would you do that? (laughs) It's the day after Daisy's return. Brambleclaw emerges from the warrior's den to see Mousekit and Berrykit wrestling in the clearing. Brambleclaw stops to give them some fighting tips, and he tells them they'll make good fighters. Firestar Uh is listening to a report from the Dawn Patrol, and after, he beckons Brambleclaw to join him. Dustpelt saw two legs on their border. Brambleclaw bristles. They aren't building another Thunderpath, are they? Please, God! No, nothing like that, Firestar says. They were sleeping in some green little dens? (gasps) They were camping. Cat cryptid moment. Please, let's do it. Scare the campers. Brambleclaw asks why they would sleep out here when they have perfectly good nests of their own. Firestar isn't worried about the two legs. Real nests, and they only have those green ones, huh? (sighs) <sighs> Firestar is worried that Shadow Clan will use this as an excuse to try and take their territory. And Firestar would rather settle this peacefully. He would like Brambleclaw to go see exactly what's happening at the clearing by their border. Then go around the lake and see what's happening on the River Clan and Shadow Clan border. He wants to know how likely it is that Leopard Star and Black Star are going to demand more territory at the next gathering. Brambleclaw asks Firestar if he thinks the two legs will come here next. Firestar admits that they might. He thinks that the forest is too close to the shore for their boats, where they are. But that's also kind of part of what he wants Brambleclaw to find out. He tells Brambleclaw not to get caught. 
He doesn't want Shadow Clan or River Clan to find out he set a paw on their territory. Brambleclaw promises that they won't, and he sets off. He thinks about how much Firestar must trust him to send him on such an important mission. Tigerstar was right. He could achieve great things by following the warrior code and being loyal to his clan. Which, I guess I'm glad that's part of the message that you took, but he also did say to get power at all costs. And to, to, like, kill anybody that stands in your way. So... Um, what? Yeah, that seems to be, yeah. What kind of selective hearing situation? Like, he's literally, he just like, he's like, all right, conscious, power down. We're going to go talk to dad. All right, conscious, let's interpret (sighs) this as generously as possible for some reason. Even though our sister laid it out pretty clearly last time. Oh, yeah. Uh, anyway, I mean, he's just, he's just dense. He's very dense. He comes to the clearing. This is where the stream marked the border. So the tents were on Shadow Clan territory. And Brambleclaw says Shadow Clan is welcome to them. But he also realized that Blackstar may use this to try and expand their territory. Brambleclaw sits and watches the two legs go in and out of the tents, but nothing seems to be happening. So it was time for the more dangerous part of his mission. He is just so proud of himself that he is out on a mission. God. A stealth mission. We probably could have told him to go get, like, some twigs. That's apprentice work. This is a warrior's sneak job. So- sorry, go get... I don't know, God. <laughs> you gotta tell him to get the special sticks. Yeah. And be really quiet. He keeps within two tail lengths of the shore and keeps out of sight. There are two legs and boats around, and near the border, he has to retreat into the trees to avoid a litter of two-leg kits at the water's edge. Brambleclaw thinks that Blackstar is just using two legs as an excuse. There's still plenty of prey, and the two legs aren't posing a serious threat. He makes it near the half-bridge on the thunder path where the cars are lined up. A couple tail lengths from this thunder path was the border. He hides behind a shiny two-leg thing. I think it might be trash. It might be trash. He says it reeks. Uh, Um, maybe it's a burger wrapper. Well, I mean, he's hiding behind something. Like a a large object. Garbage can? Throw yourself in, Brambleclaw. Yeah, you're not recyclable. Let the trash take itself out. Well, while he waits for two legs to get out of his way, a squirrel leaps out of the bracken by the river clan border. Brooke comes streaking after it. And at the same time, Stormfur emerges and tells her, no, come back. Brooke is already leaping for the squirrel, hardly a tail length in Shadow Clan territory. She makes the kill. And Stormfur urgently tells her to come back now. Brooke spins and runs back across the thunder path, and a monster swerves to avoid her, barely missing her tail. Stormfur presses his muzzle against hers. You ready? I guess. What do they think they're doing? Another voice asks. 
Hawk Frost joins them. No! Eyes blazing with fury. No! She stole that prey from Shadow Clan, he hisses. Brooke asks Stormfur what he's talking about. Stormfur tries to explain that she didn't steal it. It was a River Clan squirrel that ran across the Thunderpath. Hawk Frost ignores him. Doesn't she know the basic rules of the Warrior Code? Oh Hawk oh Frost god. demands. Oh god. He thrusts his muzzle close to her. You don't steal prey. Stormfur is trying to tell him that she didn't steal it. I mean, I think it's a bit of a gray area. Yeah. But still, you know, it's not, it wasn't intentional. Hawkfrost rounds on him and says that Brooke shouldn't have followed it over the border. Doesn't she know not to trespass on another clan's territory? Brooke apologizes, but still sounds confused. She barely set a paw on the other side, just enough to catch the squirrel. Hawkfrost says she obviously has no idea how to behave. What if a Shadow Clan patrol had seen her? Well, they didn't, Stormfur says. <laughs> so, uh. Brooke apologizes again. They didn't have to worry about borders in the tribe. She'll remember it next time. Yeah, we were the only ones who lived there. Except for, like, a giant cat who wanted to kill us. They probably, like, never seen two legs either. Oh, true. Or a car. It didn't like, seem like geez. a place that was hikeable. No. Definitely not drivable. If there is a next time, Hawk Frost says. Stormfur bristles. What does he mean? Why shouldn't there be? Brooke's training hard to become a River Clan warrior. Hawkfrost sneers and hisses that she'll never be a River Clan warrior. Brambleclaw swallows nervously. He sounds just like Tiger Star. Literally, maybe because he is acting just like him. Yeah. What else does does Brambleclaw need? Like, what else has to happen? Does someone <sighs> could die because of his actions again? I don't know. Though, I don't really have a good example of when his actions have killed someone. I mean, he did help lead a coup, which I guess only led to mud... Claw's death, which nobody really was too upset. Yeah. But it's it, you were still part of a coup. Mm-hmm. And he was also talking about taking river or taking their territory to Shadow Clan, so that's not cool. Yeah, I genuinely don't know. Like, what else do you need, bud? Because it's getting a little repetitive here. Well, maybe Hawkfrost will come around. Oh my god! <laughs> and who is he to say that? Stormfur challenged. He's not in charge of them. For a moment, Brambleclaw thinks Hawkfrost might lash out. Instead, he growls to wait and see what happens when he reports this to Leopardstar. 
He tells them to come back to camp now. Stormfirst sighed. They may as well get this straightened out. Once they disappeared into the ferns, Brambleclaw followed. Okay. Just a big day for eavesdroppers, huh? Uh, yeah. How else are we supposed to find out anything? I guess. He wants to know what's going to happen to his friends. And he stays far back so no one would spot him. Hawkfrost leads them to camp. Mothwing is sitting outside with her apprentice. And as Hawkfrost passes her, he jerks his head to her. Come on, you're wanted. Brambleclaw is surprised that Hawkfrost would talk to his sister like that. Bro, were you not at that last gathering? Uh, he obviously wasn't paying attention or, you know, doing any critical thinking. Or, like, maybe talk to their sister like that because she is also your sister. I know you're never gonna think about that again, but... Yep. She is also your sister. Brambleclaw claws his way up a beech tree. He's able to look down on the camp from above. Leopardstar and Mistyfoot are standing with other cats in a ragged circle around them. I feel like we're doing like a little more than what was asked asked of us, but... Okay. A little. Brambleclaw doesn't see Mothwing. Hmm. Hawkfrost is standing in front of Leopardstar in the middle of his report about how Brooke had crossed the border and was almost flattened by a monster on the way back. It's a pity it missed, is all he can say. Brambleclaw sees Stormfur's snarl. Leopardstar says calmly that there's no need to say things like that, which is pretty awful, dude. Like, that was an awful thing to say. I... Wish you got hit by a car? You barely know her. She asks Brooke if what Hawk Frost said was true. Brooke dips her head and says it is true, but she didn't realize she had done something wrong and it won't happen again. It shouldn't have happened once. It's Black Claw. Thrusting his way through the crowd. Oh, this guy. This guy. Brambleclaw notes that he's the most aggressive of the River Clan warriors. Probably why Mistyfoot and him aren't together anymore, because. Yikes. He says even a kit knows you don't cross clan boundaries. I just got here. You guys didn't explain anything to me. Leopardstar asks if any Shadow Clan cat saw this. Stormfur says he doesn't think so. They'll never know they were there. Leopardstar nods, but Hawkfrost speaks before she can. He says it doesn't matter if ShadowClan saw them or not. It's against the warrior code. And no cat has a place here if they don't know that. Oh, wow, cool. Murmuring rises from the gathering cats. Brambleclaw is dismayed to hear that most of them agreed with Hawkfrost. Hey man, why? Like, why? Because he's a manipulative tool? No, I know. I'm like, do you want to think about that, buddy? Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, Brambleclaw, think about that. Oh, yeah, Rupert I'm sorry. probably too far gone. But hey, Brambleclaw, think about that. Maybe, maybe he will. Maybe he, he probably won't. I think that's what we got for today. We'll uh, we'll leave the um, the uh, fallout of this for uh, next week. Fun! I'm yeah, so excited. Hi. Well. Folks, if you also want to see the fallout of every dumb decision you've ever allowed to be made, um, follow us on Twitter, or anything we've ever made, I should say. Follow (laughs) us on Twitter, Instagram at WCWITCast, or you can shoot us an email at WCWITCast at gmail.com. If you want to help out the podcast, the best way to do that is to share it with a friend to be like, hey... We're super spies this time. We're even more of a super spy than anyone wanted us to be. But it's okay. We're climbing up a tree. And also this lady's back. And it's not... I mean, it it actually turned out better than I thought it would be. Gosh, we really did get sneaky, didn't we? Because Leafpool also snuck over to River Clan. A lot of eavesdropping the from the people who are like, Oh yeah, no, we hate eavesdropping. <laughs> Yeah, we know they actually love it. Yeah. Because I'm Ember Heart. And I'm Tangle Tongue. And this has been Warrior Cats. What is that? Warrior Cats.